Diop. Surprise, motherfucker. Wrong size, motherfucker. Who dies, motherfucker? Disguise, motherfucker. All rise, motherfucker. <laughs> some fries, motherfucker. Some fries. Just some. You've been Garth for Halloween, is that right? Yeah, I believe twice now. Yeah, you uh, also uh, like to play the drums, so you could maybe play a show as Garth once. Maybe you do a one-woman show, the Garth Algar show, and it's just you. Dana Carvey's going to come after my ass. Oh, my God. He would love it. Honestly, I feel like he would love it. He's going to church lady at me. There's a lady I know. Dana Carvey had some shit. He was a funny dude on Saturday Night Live. It's probably like Lauren Michael that owns that. Oh, I bet. Oh. I bet. He oh, would he come would. after you. He would. He doesn't have anything to do but watch me. <laughs> Lauren diagnoses Sarah on the next episode of Dippers. Dr. Dippers. <laughs> DDS. Dr. Dip. Hey, can I come in for a dip? Passing through town, was wondering if I could. Yep. I gotta get my nails done, and I want to get a dip. Oh, okay, that was good. That was accurate. You know, sometimes if you go to get a pedicure, they'll give you a paraffin dip. You ever had that paraffin wax? It's so nice. You know I have. Put that wax on my feet right now. People are like, I don't get it. Encase me. You don't get it. Encase me in wax. It is the hottest. But the best, you're just like, sizzle my piggies. Sizzle like, my little piggies. And you rinse it off with some sort of herbal water. Oh, they with do a magic sort of water. Whole, oh, or a salt rub. Done. Do you remember the first time that you ever saw Wayne's World? 100%. Okay, tell me. I saw it in the theater. Pretty sure it was with my mom and her boyfriend and my friend, Cece. Oh, I love that. Your mom and her boyfriend, Friday night, and you're like, okay, my friend Cece was like, can I sleep over? You guys have sleepover? Oh, yeah, I'm going to go to Wayne's World. All right. I became obsessed with Wayne's World. And at some point, I got the VHS, and I believe I got it from McDonald's. Remember? Did McDonald's give away VHS Wayne's World? Yes. It was a promotion. I'm pretty sure that's how I got my copy. Okay. So for a long time, my favorite films were Jumping Jack Flash with Whoopi Goldberg. Honestly, I went back and watched it recently. Yeah. It's a fucking gem. Is that the one where she's on the computer? She's on the computer. She works in a bank. She works in international banking. Yeah. And she is this very eclectic single lady who is just very smart and, of course, completely, like, shit on by her boss. But she works with these great people. She works with Carol Kane. She talks it's a slow voice up there. And then Phil Hartman and John Lovitz and um, several other people. Jim, Jim, John Belushi is in it before his death. Yeah. It's a good fucking movie. Great fucking movie. It holds up. The soundtrack, oh, it's good. One of my favorites from like my the age of seven. This is explaining a lot. Outrageous Fortune with Bette Midler and Shelley Long. And is that Peter Coyote? I think Peter Coyote's the love interest in that. Whew. Imagine a world where Peter Coyote is the love interest. And nowadays, I just want... I wonder. Well, there's always a fan base out there. It's true. And Romancing the Stone with Catherine, Kathleen Turner. With Kathleen Turner. Okay. Michael Douglas and okay. Danny DeVito. That's hot. Don't forget All of Me with Lily Tomlin and motherfucking Steve Martin. So I was really into these movies. And then, you know, I'm like 12 when Wayne's World came out. That tracks 12. It 
blew my mind. It was like aspirational. (laughs) I wanted to be Cassandra so bad. Her self-assurance. She was so good at rock and band and tight dresses. She was so laid back. She was gorgeous. She had the attitude. Oh. The talent. She was. The smarts, the beauty. She could wail. Literally. Whale. All those scenes where he's like looking at her and it's twinkling in the vignette, you know, in his fantasy, and she's like, ah! and like with her hand clenched in a claw. It's just wonderful. Spellbound by her power and prowess. Intensity in 10 cities. I think the first time I saw it was at the drive in. If you haven't seen Wayne's World, friends, I don't, and it needs to be the original. Directed by Penelope Spheris. Yes. It's real good. Party time. Excellent. I feel like here at Dippers, we have a bit of a Wayne's World thing going on. You know? We're just Wayne's World. Except there probably isn't the weird power dynamic that they had going, the and with him as always is Garth thing that reared its ugly head at the end. Right. Yeah. And Rob Lowe has not at all entered the picture here at Dippers. Well, you got to keep the man out of there. I was reflecting on how back in the day, because what, when did this come out? Let's take a hot. 1992? 90. Tur. An American comedy film produced by Lorne Michaels of Saturday Night Live, which is where Mike Myers and Dana Carvey originated these characters. Rob Lowe was an interesting choice for this role because he hadn't worked for a while because of his personal scandal. Mm -hmm. And I forgot exactly what the personal scandal was. And then I looked and I really, he had sex with a 16 year old on film when he was an adult. That's not great. But he had this sort of weird reputation in the public and bringing him back into this character was kind of like his break. Lorne Michaels was like, what scandal? We can get him really cheap. Exactly. (laughs) And his character being such a sleaze compounded his personal reputation at the time and it really worked. Right. I was reflecting upon that. Ed O'Neill. Yeah. Fucking Al Bundy himself. With hair. He manages Stan Makita's Donuts, the hockey-themed donut shop they hang out at. There's a theme park in Virginia, and it was for a while owned by Paramount, so they made a lot of the rides were like Paramount movies. Like, you're on the Days of Thunder ride. Okay. Well, they had an actual Wayne's World section of the park. They had a roller coaster called the Hurler. Okay. Right? If you're going to spew, spew into this. this. Yeah. Below was uh, the Gremlin. Replica, like perfect, perfect, so you could check it out. At the bottom of the roller coaster area was Stan Makita, mm-hmm. the diner. And it was an exact replica. It had the hockey guys oh, going around so on cool. top. And it was just, you know, a food place for the amusement park. Yeah. Since Paramount has left, no more the hurler. It's been rebranded. And it just is like, diner. Sorry, Paramount left you. Sorry. Sorry about it. I don't know what happened. I thought we had a thing. Well, guess what? We broke up, Stacy. Are you mental? Poor Stacy. Not poor Stacy, but also poor Stacy for her uh, non self awareness of oh. the situation to that degree. That is a. Uh, it's a lot. It's a lot. Stacy is well acted, just well, a fun character. And I gotta say, Lara Flynn Boyle, like, normally not doing those types of no. roles, and it, great job. 
Good job. Hi, Wayne. If you're not careful, Wayne, you're going to lose me. <laughs> I already did. <laughs> Get the net. <laughs> I can quote much of it, which makes it terrible to watch with me. Right. So I'd just like to apologize to everyone. What makes this movie so funny and so different and yes. so innovative? There's just so much meta, really clever jokes going on here. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it has been copied in all of the top comedy stuff today. Family Guy, how they just take other shows yes. and make... Se- I'm like, that's exactly... Hearts and Pepper Incorporated. This is out of a kung fu movie. That's going on the entire movie, aware of what it's doing. Yeah. They have set out to do a certain type of comedy thing, Mm -hmm. and they stick to it, and it works. Advertising stuff. Oh. Well, that's where I see things a little differently. Contractor, no, I will not bow to any sponsor. I'm sorry you feel that way. But basically, it's the nature of the beast. Holding a bag of Doritos. Maybe I'm wrong on this one, but for me, the beast doesn't include selling out. Garth, you know what I'm talking about, right? Garth, wearing Reebok wardrobe. It's like people only do these things because they can get paid. And that's just really sad. Literally just the shot. (laughs) You don't need any dialogue Mm -hmm. it's the shot of reebok shoes socks pants jacket hat low pan up so while he's saying it how ironic the 90s is just full of that irony like well i'm talking about this uh, and and you know i'm talking about it Uh and that scene like the look of it shifts into like commercial Look, everything is glossy and attractive. And there's a part when he offers him a new brin and like it goes to black and white. So you can see the yellow pills, all this stuff. It's a super self-aware, super smart movie. They break the fourth wall all the time. Garth talks to the camera. Wayne definitely talks to the camera. He does most of the narration to the camera. And somebody else tries to talk to the camera at some point, I believe, but isn't supposed to. I can't remember. Oh, they're always breaking that fourth wall. Exactly. It's like part of the meta-ness of the movie. Wayne's World is a show or is a skit on Saturday Night Live. And this is a movie Mm -hmm. about that skit in which is about them making a TV show. For public access. Right. Exactly. And we're coming in as the audience, real Wayne and the real Garth. And this is really. It's hella meta. That's kind of like what ruined their show. The executives, they get yeah. their show gets picked up by a station. They pay them money because all the kids are going to love this. Mm-hmm. This is the new next new thing for all the ki- all the teens and young people out there. They love this shit. Public access programming. Right. And they try to polish it up and put on and it doesn't work. The reason why it is so good. Right. Is its rawness, its realness and its Swing, showing. There's a lot Sha- of right. There's this movie walks such a fine line. Like, is it? It's PG thirteen. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's definitely not R rated. Like, the only nudity is Mike Myers' butt. Really, in that scene, you know, where he like puts his tidy whities up his butt and does yeah. the whole thing. That's pretty much it. And there's some like maybe mild swearing. Like maybe they say shit. Maybe. Oh, no, Shitty Beatles. Who's playing tonight? The The Shitty Shitty Beatles. Beatles. With Meatloaf. Uh, Yeah, are they any good? Yeah, are they any good? No, they suck. Yeah. 
their imperfections are what makes them endearing. Absolutely. I don't always want the best one. Sure. I want the most charming one. Well, and it brings up a really interesting conversation because it's the like Benjamin offers Wayne's and Garth a shit lit well. $5,000 each and give away all their rights without reading it because he knows there's in over their head. And he offers Cassandra the same thing too, but she seems a bit more savvy. She probably read her contract and she was going to get a music video made, which they probably couldn't have afforded. And at the time, MTV was hot. That's how you got big. You know, if it weren't for Mr. Big and his limo driving through town, able to triangulate the satellite, ribbed for her pleasure. Ew. I love when they're having that scene where, like, all of a sudden he starts speaking Cantonese. And then you're like, okay, they're just rolling with this. But then the beauty of it is the joke keeps going because then you can hear Wayne's thoughts. Cassandra actually answers what Wayne was just sitting there thinking out loud. And so you're like seeing all this communication and it's just like a joke on communication. It's a joke keeps on going, communication. It keeps going. There's like some outdated, like kind of, of sketchy tropes there. But I did know I was like, Ugh. but it is funny to think that he had learned enough Cantonese to talk about Kierkegaard in a couple days right. on his Walkman. But then, of course, Benjamin speaks great Cantonese and shows off ordering dinner, which Garth totally calls out. He's like, this guy's good. He's good. I wouldn't bring my babe to. This is a, what a, a babe lair. That's what he said. This is a fully fledged babe lair. You know, I actually have in my middle school yearbook, someone has signed it. Sarah, when you played the drums, you looked like Garth from Wayne's World. Have a great year. Kids are so kind. I love how friendly to each other they are. Well, now I think it's kind of cool. You I'm kind, like, yeah. hell yeah. 11, 12. No. No, you move around way more than Garth does. Garth held really still really upright and like not moving his head around much i like to play this was one of the first movies to make a certain term popular that i feel like is uh credited with another show well which one there were so many catchphrases from this movie that's what she said everybody always said oh the office the office the office Mm -mm. the office did not start that's what she Mm -mm. said wayne says that's what she said so i looked it up fucking chevy chase But he said it on Weekend Update on the very first Saturday Night Live ever. Okay. And throughout the years, it kind of was like a Saturday Night Live staple. Got you. Like, it was probably a thing they said to each other all the time. And then, of course, Mike Myers uses it in Wayne's World. And people did start saying it. Mm -hmm. But then I guess it didn't become just global. No, it was Until the, the office. office. But the joke about Michael Scott using it was that he was so out of touch, he was quoting Wayne's World. People don't get it. I'm people. (laughs) We're all people. The soundtrack featuring a lot more Tia Carrere than any other movie, probably. Did you have that soundtrack? Mm -mm. The first two CDs that I bought with my own money, I got like birthday money or something. Yeah. I walked out of there. Okay. With the Wayne's World soundtrack. Hot. And Ugly Kid Joe. Wow. Which is featured on Wayne... It is, which is crazy. And I'm like, no wonder I bought them both. This, they were both out at the same time. That song, Everything I Hate About mm-hmm. You, is in Wayne's World, but it's I... not on the soundtrack. Oh, wow. 
Hit the weather. Oh no. Their cat's cradle fucking yep. cover is what got so big too. Yep. The red hot chili peppers are on there in the car. If you're into that. And he is into that. Alice Cooper. Oh, feed my Frankenstein. Feed my Frankenstein. And then who, because there's some other notable shit in there. Queen of Queens. Bohemian Rhapsody. Queen of Queens. Thank Queen you. Queen of Queens, which this song apparently, because it was in this movie, yep. made it go higher than it ever was on the charts at its debut. Exactly. It charted again in 1992. And this was after Freddie Mercury's death. He had been dead for a few years at that point. And it introduced a lot of people like me, kids like me. Yeah. I had never heard that song no. before. And I was like, what is this? This is wild and crazy and funny. And wow, what a band. What else they got? That's right. And then not too long after that, you hear We Will Rock You. Oh, God, yeah. And you're like, oh, same band uh, uh, as We Are the Champions, We Will Rock You and Bohemian Rhapsody. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then you, when you're a little older, you hear Fat Bottom Girls. And, you make the uh, rockin' world. That's right. Oh, Foxy Lady, we can't forget Uncle Jimi Hendrix. He shows up on the soundtrack as well in yes. Garth's famous romantic interest scene. Showing Donut Girl, I believe she is in the credits, or Donut Lady. Fantasy Girl. Oh, fantasy Girl. No, it's Fantasy yeah. Dream Girl. But it's funny, every time he sees her, he gets so excited, like he somehow runs into the camera or smashes right. into the wall. It's pretty amazing. He's, He's in Dreamweaver land. So charming in yeah. this movie. Mm-hmm. Garth is such a gem. Um, also, the cocktail he orders at the tiki bar that Ben takes them to is like the biggest. Every umbrella, <laughs> every straw, every flamingo, yeah. tchotchke, tomato, bacon bit. When they have the ill-fated episode that gets bad sponsored by Noah's Arcade when they've really hit the big time. Garth is left alone and and he has a very hard time. He just freaks out on camera, man. Wayne and Garth like laugh at their own jokes. Yeah. They make a joke yeah, and monkeys might fly out of my butt or whatever it is. And yeah. Then, but then they look at each other and then they like, and it's a silent <laughs> laugh. They're sure. not like, ah, ha, 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 all obnoxious. Yeah, like we like, did hey, it. we got it. Yeah. People started doing that more, I think. Yeah, Like, absolutely. hey, we can be funny and make dad, it's basically dad jokes. Well, and it's layered humor too. Like there's a, like you're saying, there's a lot of shit going on. The joke keeps going. Exactly. Two is such a different movie. It it's directed by a dude. Aerosmith. Like, these are supposed to be some freaking Heshers. Yes. And they're like getting hard for Aerosmith. Can like, you define okay, Heshers? Can you define Heshers for the peepees at home? Heshers. We're talking about I like heavy metal, rock and roll. I might live with my parents or in a basement or maybe I have a trailer with my buddy. We wear jeans. They got rips, tears, whatever. We don't care. Usually long hair. Mm-hmm. Likes to party. Mm-hmm. Likes rock and roll. Mm-hmm. Living the life. Living the life. I mean, Thank you. That You know you're nailing it. Lives at home or maybe in a trailer somewhere is really accurate. Because I was trying to figure out, like, exactly how old they're supposed to be in the movie. It doesn't matter. Yeah. But it's, like, very early 20s. 
Gotta be. Right. Well, I mean, what it is now is different from then, because yeah. then that Hesher kind of lifestyle heavy metal rocker was kind of a, a look of fashion, kind of like grunge was For later. Sure. So there were a lot of guys that you look back at their pictures and they're like, oh, yeah, look at my outfit. And I mm-hmm. went to this show and I went to rock shows, but they didn't keep with it. Wayne and Garth. Kept with it. They kept with it. Like it might, the style may have changed a bit, mm-hmm. but if they come out with WW3, I think they're still going to be with it. They're still going to be like, oh, wait, that's Bill and Ted, their counterparts. Oh, no, that's Wayne's World. But they both do it. You're very right. I feel like they both still live at home. Well, that's a Wayne's basement. I feel like the basement of his parents' house. And then as he's walking upstairs and talking, like the mid-century styling, all the collected, like colored glass in the, totally. And then uh, Garth still lives right across the street. I got to say, the other thing, this movie moves along. Exposition is beautiful and seamless, or he'll just like look straight at the camera. And that security guard had an awful lot of information moving along. And that sucker was less than 90 minutes. This was a movie driven by comedy Mm -hmm. and not by drama. They were making this movie. It basically is a collection of funny bits. You have to make a story around it, but it wasn't something where... The performance and the comedy was going to suffer because we're trying to do some dramatic scene over yeah. here. No, the whole point of this is have fun. It's funny. It's meta. Whatever. Wow, what a it's fun project comedy. to work on. Well, and the writers, Mike Myers, and then a, a couple that he used to do sketch comedy with, and so they had a previous relationship, and they wrote short form comedy so it it really feels like that the whole way through you never get tired watching it it just it's like blink and you'll miss it it's it's a romp Penelope Spheris, she's an American film director, producer, and screenwriter both documentary and scripted work she is best known for her trilogy titled The Decline of Western Civilization, which covers an aspect of Los Angeles underground culture and music. Excuse me? Say what? Yeah, she directed... I love those documentaries. That's what I'm talking about. So she's got cred. She's legit. So Wayne's World is her highest grossing film, and The Decline of Western Civilization is a 1981 documentary film through 79 and 80 about the L.A. punk scene, and it's directed by Penelope Spheris. In 81, the LAPD chief of police wrote a letter demanding the film not be shown again in the city because it was creating such excitement. She's... Clearly was into making the movie that they wanted to make because so much of it is influenced by SNL. So it was one of the first SNL sketches to spin off and get its own movie, but it had enough traction. It was super popular when it was there. It was always a vehicle for the guest to come on and be interviewed on the show before that big deluge of every SNL character or scene or concept that did well got a show. Well, this is why. Exactly. Because Wayne's World did so well. So so much money. The only ones that even came close. Did Adam Sandler do all of it? Like, did Billy Madison, is that under Happy Madison? Or was that still with Lauren Michaels? No. No, That was Happy Madison. I think so. Yeah, I know. Superstar did really good. But not even near. I looked it up. Superstar, Ladies Man, The Problematic, It's Pat. 
multiple others. But yeah. I think Ladies Man and Superstar were probably some of the bigger ones. Six or seven that were named that were done after Wayne's World because of the success. Coneheads. Night at the Rock Bear. Oh, Coneheads was big. No, all of them together. Yeah. That soundtrack is really good, too. Yeah. Oh, the soundtrack's great. No, And I remember it being, I thought it was a big movie. But sure. apparently Wayne's World made more than all of those movies combined. Huh. Wayne's World was really big. I mean, there's an amusement park section. Wayne's World was everywhere. I mean, the other saying that I wanted to get on the sound pad that didn't work, that took over my life for three years, was the ever sarcastic, not... There was a time where my mom, like, made a rule. Oh, She couldn't take it anymore. <laughs> I just rode not to death. I not. would just say anything. Sarah, did you do homework? Yep. Not. Did you unload the dishwasher? Yes. Not. Mom, I'm sick. I can't go to school. I have a sore throat. Not. Oh, okay. You're illegal. It's illegal. Arrest this woman. She Police. says not. Police. But it was a thing. It yeah. like got in our subculture, in our culture. Absolutely. Wayne's World. As if. As if. Talk as about another if. one. Clueless. <sighs> made as if popular. Sh- but where'd it come from? Wayne's World. Wayne's World. And monkeys might fly out of my butt. And if a frog had wings, he wouldn't bump his ass when he hopped. Yeah. Right? Excellent. Schwing. (laughs) (laughs) The TV edit was also replayed continually on cable for many years, and it contains one of my favorite edits of all time. Okay. In the original film, when Russell, Benjamin's assistant, is like accompanying them on their final mission and then like when he catches them when they're breaking in and trying to get the equipment breaking the law and they have to talk him down garth if benjamin were an ice cream flavor he'd be pralines and dick and in the tv edit he says if benjamin were an ice cream flavor he'd be mocha almond idiot excuse me Baking powder? Wow. Pralines and dick. L- Mocha? <laughs> what? what a turnaround. I know. Now, they managed to get another ice cream flavor that is real in the mix, which I appreciate. Mocha, idiot. I'm an idiot. It's no pralines. Pralines and, and dick. dick? Fuck. No, thank you. That's good writing right there. I don't want that. Mm-mm. Neither. Excellent writing. Excellent. Excellent. Party time. Party Excellent. on. Excellent. Party on, Lauren. Party on, Wayne, and party on, Garth. Dippers. 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 Don't be mad, God. Wayne's World. Wayne's World. Party time. Excellent! It's Wayne's World! It's Wayne's World! It's Wayne's World! Wayne's World! Part of time! She is the Spike Lee of white women. That's right. Excuse me? Baking powder? <laughs>